The following is a re-release of Stranger Things 2, Chapter 8, The Mind Slayer, in anticipation for our coverage of Stranger Things Season 3. It's like home, but it's so dark and empty. What's it mean? Eleven. Friends don't play. Stop it! You're freaking her out! She's freaking me out! The upside down. Do you understand what he's talking about? No. Mornings are for coffee and contemplation. Holy shit. Welcome back. Broadcasting live from Hawkins Laboratory. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, the number one podcast that recaps Stranger Things, the popular Netflix property. I'm flying high. We just watched Chapter 8, the penultimate episode of Stranger Things 2. And I'm super stoked. So if I talk really fast and kind of freak you the fuck out, that's my my bad. But I can't help it. I'm so excited. I couldn't stand it. This is a really good episode. I can't, I can't stand it. So we'll just fly right through the business because, you know, who cares about all that? Uh, we do. So uh, <laughs> subscribe, rate, and review our podcast, please. We really need that to catch some notoriety on the interwebs. Uh, we need your help. If you enjoy this show, and uh, it sounds like many, 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 many of you do by checking our downloads, uh, but we need to hear from you. So email streamingthingspod at gmail.com. Uh, and if you screenshot your rating and review and send it to that email address, you'll be entered to win a $100 Amazon gift card if you do so by November the 7th. And we will pick a winner on that day when we record the Stranger Things Season 2 recap episode. But right now, we're going to talk about Chapter 8, The Mind Flayer, which mm-hmm. Netflix describes this way. An unlikely hero steps forward when a deadly development puts the Hawkins lab on lockdown, trapping Will and several others inside. Baby Holly just shows up. Well, that was unlikely. <laughs> that would be so badass if Baby Holly just walked, just like, come at me, bitches. With like, I've uh, had three juice boxes today already. <laughs> bullet belts all over her shoulders. <laughs> She's like grabbing the Demogorgon things and like snapping their necks one at a time, like, you, <laughs> spitting on their corpses as she walks by. <laughs> Baby Holly, she's had enough. (laughs) No, no, no. Let her do this. (laughs) In a world. (laughs) And then they do like a smash cut to Karen and Ted. And Ted's like, Karen, where's our youngest? Where's the little one? I think her name is Bobby. Stranger Things 2. Baby Holly's Justice. Uh, crazy, crazy good episode. Uh, I am flying high. So if I mess up this recap, I, I just can't get my brain together. So I'm going to have to ask for some help. And I really don't care because it's my emotion. That's all I want to convey. It's just, mm. woo! We just finished watching it. Woo! Yeah, literally. As you guys uh, know, we, we watched the episodes yeah. and run right Ten minutes ago. Ten yeah. minutes ago. I'm starving. There were the a few karate kicks in the walk from here, from the couch to the table with yes, the microphone. I was kicking the karate. I'm wearing my Batman pajamas, so I'm feeling really limber, and I can't contain my excitement. Again, I can't say that enough. So the cold open, we start away right off the bat with the, the Demogorgon climb. Uh, and I wondered real quick, has Hopper ever actually seen the Demogorgon? I don't, I don't believe so. Oh, like not even the first one? Yeah, I don't think one? he's seen a Demogorgon. So he's probably thinking like, WTF? Because he was not in the school. Mm-hmm. He was in the Upside Down rescuing Will. That's a good point. Hmm. I don't know if he has. I don't think he has. I, I think you're right. Yeah, I think that's Hopper's first view. So he's looking at it like, uh, that's not cool. We know it's Dr. Owen's first view. And we can say <laughs> right off the bat, we were extremely wrong. I, I was about Paul Reiser's Dr. Owen's. I think we all were. I, I, of his I said he was going to be kind of like his character from Aliens. Yeah. And I was very wrong, lamentably, about Bob the Brain. At least about whether or not he was going to be like an agent of Hawkins Lab. Mm-hmm. But I did call his demise, I yeah. believe, way back to uh, episode one. Not to gloat over his... his <laughs> that's sad. But just throwing that out there because I'm selfish. The wound selfish. is still fresh, very. Chris. <laughs> we'll talk about that shortly. So the lab goes on lockdown as the demodogs invade. Uh, and they just slaughter the entire staff of Hawkins Laboratory, except for our protagonists, very quickly. All of our protagonists Rocking survive. the plot armor. <laughs> Rocking that plot armor. I love that elevator. The, the shaft full of like the Dennis Nedry character and then all of his uh, compatriots and then just their mutilated bodies right afterward. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very well done. 
Um, Definitely a throwback to uh, the opening of uh, season one with uh, that same shaft. The the shaft. Yeah, if you work in Hawkins' lab, just just take the stairs. (laughs) Take the stairs. You're better off. (laughs) Or you're bound to get the shaft. Uh, I was not a fan of Finn Wolfhard's acting throughout most of this episode. I felt like it was by far the weakest link, and we've seen better from him, especially his uh, animated, you know, worry and fear during the demo dog attack in the laboratory. I don't mean to be a dick. It's just something that I noticed. Maybe now that we're putting him up against uh, Noah Schnapp, it's just like, bro, (laughs) whoa, you need to, what are you doing? Noah Schnapp's bringing it. Um, He's snapping into a Slim Jim and uh, rocking those... uh, those scenes yeah uh no snap is is way too far up there to be competing against the other boys uh so will's completely gone we find out he barely remembers his mom's name is mom oh your mom yeah it took him a minute too he's like your mom (laughs) (laughs) that'd be great if if hopper's like he's starting to remember again (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah they decide to put him asleep to uh counteract his spy skills so he's just watching for the shadow monster the mm-hmm. Thessal Hydra which we'll get we'll talk about that here soon too pretty upset about that uh, <laughs> yes so Joyce just shoots him up like she's a doctor with some nearby liquids which luckily does put him asleep and not kill him uh, it'd be really funny if she just grabbed morphine or something and he's like fuck woo show me boobs mom like, oh, wrong one wrong one <laughs> um and I also thought plot wise, I know that Andy and many, many, many people didn't like uh, chapter seven. They had to have some reason for Eleven to be gone out of the city for a good while in order for this wonderful episode to take place. Not for the culmination of her return merely, but also plot wise, she could dispatch and help things all too easily. Sure. It would give the other characters not very much of a struggle if she had been present the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, which is maybe obvious. I just wanted to, from a writing perspective, uh, they probably worked backwards from that. Like, so Eleven can't be here for this because mm-hmm. she'd just be snapping demo necks and then we'd be out of trouble here. So um, there's that. Uh, we cut to Billy and we find out in a wonderful uh, fashion, I find, why Billy sucks. His dad is Neil why sucks. Yeah. Neil and uh, his mother, Susan, who is, uh, we can assume, uh, is also abused maybe and just kind of stands by and watches these things. Mm-hmm. So what's the what's the dynamic here? Is uh, is Neil Max's father? Or? No, no. I think that that's Billy's father. And right. So the, Neil is Billy's father and the mom is Max's mother? Yes. yes. Okay. Because Max's dad is still in California. Okay. That's right. That's right. Okay. So... Yeah, he is a, just a full-blown cocksucker. I've got to say, I don't know who that actor is that played Neil, but that's an intimidating guy. Hmm. I mean, that's the the first time we've seen these two people, and he almost immediately is like, oh, shit, I'm kind of scared of this dude. Yeah, you got a weird vibe immediately, <laughs> um, and it all made sense. And for one, I really enjoyed it, because there seems to be a through line. I remember back when uh, Max had that heart-to-heart with Lucas on top of the bus, uh, which as much as I had to say about it that was negative, I did say... I loved that she made the point to create this theme of the oppressed not turning into the oppressor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have that echoed right. with Billy and Neil here, uh, where he is falling into that trap of becoming his father and is presumably fighting it quite a bit. Uh, and I think that's a wonderful theme for a show that a lot of younger teens watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and Millie Bobby Brown actually started a second Twitter account in the past few months called Millie Stops Hate. Uh, and she's made it her mission to really uh, attack the cause of bullying uh, in younger years. So hmm. good for her. I think it's cool. You know, whenever someone uses their their voice that is somewhat amplified by celebrity for good, you know, uh, and you can say what you want. You could be kind of negative about it when people are outspoken about things like shut up, celebrity, you know, but it's good mm-hmm. when you use your voice. Uh, what? Not to bring up the Kardashians again, but uh, they have a lot of reach and use it for no good that I can see. Right. <laughs> so it is nice when, you know, Millie's seem to decide at clothing lines. Right. <laughs> she seemed to decide at a young age that, hey, a lot of people listen to me. You know, when I tweet, I get 
thousands and thousands of people that read this and wonder what I should use this for. And she has decided like a good little person to try to combat some evil in this world. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's relevant to this theme is why I brought it up. I think the direction between uh, Billy and his dad is, has been really good. Like as we talked before, like uh, Billy's Billy's sudden outbursts have been, you know, almost over the top. And now that we've gotten to see a little bit behind the curtains, you know, what has made him tick. His dad was directed in very much the same way. Like it was like, where's your sister? And then the very sudden, like slamming him up against the wall and stuff. And that reflected perfectly back to the sudden outbursts of anger that we've seen from Billy directed towards Max throughout the series so far. So Good right. on them for the uh, the way that they developed the character that way. And there was a note of mine from a previous episode where, like I said, that Billy is only psychotic t- toward Max. Mm. And now we get to see that it's his abusive father has placed him in charge of Maxine, which hinders his social life and his own growth. And so he uh, Max has become a symbol of his resentment towards his father in mm-hmm. Billy's mind. Uh, which is just very well done. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It all makes sense in retrospect now about, you know, poor Max is getting the shaft here because Neil has made it his cause um, for, for Billy to protect Max. And now with his hatred of Neil is reflected back on, on Max. So, yeah, yeah. And it makes that whole situation more intriguing too, because you, you want to know like, why is Max's mom with Neil? If he's like this, Maybe to her. We don't know if he's like that to her, but he's definitely, she definitely sees that he's awful to Billy. Right. And she is, cause she even says like, no, it's fine, Neil. And he's like, no, it's not. My yeah. mustache is angry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, I, I want to know more about that family. This, that scene, this scene does a lot of like adding more intrigue to the dyna- dynamic while also answering questions about the I don't dynamic. know how much more we're going to get. I don't know either. One episode left. I think we're going to we're going to get a a heroic appearance of Billy will be my guess. Oh, they're probably laying down some uh, some plot threads for for season three. Season three. Yes, for sure. Um, Cut to Lucas and Dustin arguing on the train tracks where they kind of compare notes on who has injured the party rules more. Who's more who's broken more rules. Dustin. Yeah. (laughs) Flat out. Very much Dustin. So he tries to he basically deflects Steve for a moment. Like, stop talking about the cat, which uh, I think it was Andy who pointed out he's a sociopath towards this cat. So definitely doesn't care about Muse. It's fully a device to hide from his friends that he lied to them, which is double dishonest. I feel like, Mm -hmm. Uh, but we do get an apology eventually. And he tries to say, Lucas, will you let Max in? That's equally shitty. And Lucas is like, no, you hid a Demogorgon at your house. Uh, So fair enough. I just love this dynamic with Steve and the kids. Like they were, those characters work so well together and you wouldn't have immediately thought so from season one, but just the way he's like, yeah, it's Dustin's cat. It's me. (laughs) I just love the way they work off each other. Yeah. I love, uh, yeah, I agree. Dustin or Steve as the older brother works very well. Do you feel like Steve may be being set up to be a tragic figure that gets killed in the finale? You better fucking not. But he's definitely being set up as a as a much more sympathetic character. Kind of how I felt watching this episode. Like, I I don't know where they can take him from here, you know, with the whole... Well, there's plenty of room other than Nance. Plenty of bitches in the sea, as we've already discussed. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Wisdom by Billy. I don't know. I I could see them going that route, but I think that's a low-hanging fruit. Have we already had our one tragic death? For the series, you think it was sad enough, but it, I I would like to see someone from season one die to mm-hmm. give to give them fully sized testicle creds, uh, as far as the writing. <laughs> testicle <laughs> that, that creds. Analogy. I, I love that. I have the analogy skills of Dustin. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know that Steve would quite fit the bill. But I did say Steve might die as well with my bomb yeah. prediction. I think. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little too attached to him now. <laughs> Now that I know his we hair product. like Steve. Who's going to... Fabergé stock goes down as Steve Harrington bites the dust. Uh, we get a Bob and Hopper team up is what I wrote, but that's not really true. I don't know why Hopper didn't go with Bob. I thought he was going to be the muscle and Bob was going to be the brain. And then he, Hopper's all too quick to be like, you're right, I don't know how to use a computer. Um, do you know how to use a gun? Here's a flashlight and Bob... What do you mean? You can hold a gun. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Safety right on. I do love that scene where he's like, do you know basic? Yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Teach it to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You want me to teach you French while I'm at it? Some German? You know, Cause writing code in the eighties uh, was actually 
like for one, Bob should not be fucking working at Radio Shack if right. he speaks basic and, yeah. and can write code and such. But that's neither here nor there. Dude, writing code now is a bitch. <laughs> he actually got me. I'm, I'm so stupid that I fully bought Hopper's ability to hack in somehow. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm going to turn the power on. Okay, then the power's on. And then you have to hack into it. And he just launches into everything he's going to have to do. And Hopper's like, I don't know what you're saying. So I can do this or not. Uh, yeah, that was a wonderful scene, and and they did a wonderful job. Even though I saw behind the curtain a bit, and I saw what they were doing to my chagrin, as it was still working on me, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh no, they are endearing Bob <laughs> the, to me like an extreme amount." The moment Bob Uh-oh. grabbed Joyce and said, "Don't worry, remember Bob Newby, superhero." I was oh, like, yeah. "Oh fuck, Bob's dying." No, <laughs> she's gonna be carving that on your tombstone, dude. <laughs> like, Bob Newby, superhero. And he was. He was valiant. He was brave. Uh, very uh, a martyr, you know. Samwise the Brave, you'd say. Yeah. Hmm. Some might call him that. <laughs> he, he told Hopper, uh, don't wait for me. And then Hopper's like, I wasn't gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. Um, there's a lot of really, and this is the only negative thing I plan to say about this episode. Something else might come out. This is one of my favorite episodes of all time. I am starring it now for the overall episode when we talk about our favorite episodes of each season. Um, there's a lot of weak jump scares this season, like where they try to, the horror elements are wonderful, but these, you know what I mean? Like hands on shoulders, huh? you know, like they, they don't startle me and they're, it's so obvious what they're meant to be that it just mm-hmm. like, there's one jump scare where Hopper's just pulling, dragging the body. Dragging yeah. a body. And then the, the body starts moving. But the, the yeah. jump noise was even like a little late, I thought, where yeah. he starts moving and goes, There's <laughs> noise! Ineffective. Yeah. Um, I don't jump. And if I did, I'd be even more angry. Like, for what? Uh, it's just very, I don't know, sea horror. Yeah. I felt like, I don't know, Andy likes horror. Like, what do you think? I mean, false jumps are a definite trope for the horror genre yeah, in absolutely. general. Absolutely. But, but these but, are just um, like so common. It's like, what are you doing? That was a funny moment. You they know? Ha- yeah. They have definitely been doing them more than they probably should. And ineffectively, like Steve was saying, the, the audio was a little off on it. Yeah. It was a little late. So I don't know. It's um, like, am I scared? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's moving. Oh, is it bad? Oh, no, it's just hot. Yeah. Okay. The good thing about those is that like, it's very quickly like, okay, move on. Yeah, you know? yeah, it doesn't distract a whole lot. It's just uh, we've talked so much about the wonderful editing throughout this show's run. And I think that's a little bit of a, a failing. Um, so we cut to Jonathan and Nancy show up to Hawkins Lab. Uh, they say later that they were looking for uh, Mike. And Will. And Will. Mostly Will. Mostly Will. Where's Will? Uh, yeah, Mike can handle himself. And uh, they notice that the power's out. They can't get inside Hawkins Lab. Some weird screeching going on. Uh, and then they meet the rest of the game. Steve comes out of the woods. <laughs> Steve? With the, with the, <laughs> with the kids in tow. And that's got to be striking a pretty strange figure because they just boned. So they don't want to run into Steve right now, right? They haven't even cleaned up from that yet. I don't think they took a shower at Murray's yet. So <laughs> Jonathan's still got the stank on him. And he's, hey, Steve. What, what's up, bro? He's like putting like like rubbing dirt on him yeah. as he's approaching. <laughs> oh, we were just hanging out. I didn't ask anything. Yeah, just chilling. <laughs> Good, how are you? <laughs> you like vodka? Um, what are you guys doing here? We had sex. <laughs> <laughs> and then they also, Steve's also with the kids, which is awkward as well. Nancy's like, what are you doing? Why are you we, hanging out with the, the I kids? I love how no one said, why do you have to bat with nails in it? You know, yeah. <laughs> but I guess things progress pretty quickly there. There's so much confusion anyway. Um, Bob handled the extreme escalation of events really well, I felt like, for being Bob the Brain, uh, who admits that he's never stood up to any kind of bully in his life. He's always been the person that ran, and he didn't want Will to be that way. And so now he's just, like, stepping over massive amounts of dead bodies, being pursued by horror monsters. And and he was very sweaty and scared, but you got to look at the reality of the situation. One of us, you know. Um, I, do you speak basic? I do, but I'm not going down there. So <laughs> we're fucked. So we're all going to die here together. Well, thematically, it's I'm good. not doing that. Thematically, it's good because he that's why he likes Joyce is because Joyce is a fighter. And now sure. it's his opportunity to fight for her and for her kid. Um, and it, it, it's, it allows him to tap into that bravery. It that is very much like his uh, Samwise character from Lord of the Rings because mm-hmm. he's like, a, a pussy with one of the the strongest hearts in the story. Yeah. And that's Bob again here, right? On the surface, he's just a little sissy nerd. So you're mm. saying he's typecasted. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but I mean, in this show, they get away with it. It's the whole point, right? 
Yeah, um, we, we love Sean And they Aston. subverted that with Paul Reiser. Mm-hmm. Um, solid horror, guys. Did you get like a Dead Space Resident Evil vibe from this whole Hawkins Laboratory lockdown mm-hmm. thing? I mean, just the blinky lights. And mm-hmm. it reminded me of a video game that I would, not, I would be unable to play. Yeah. <laughs> I, I cannot play horror video games. I, I was a huge fan of Resident Evil 2 as a kid, but mm-hmm. it like gave me like many heart attacks on a regular basis. Did you play Dead Space? I, I've only got two herbs and three bullets, and I haven't <laughs> saved in forever. I can't handle this right now. <laughs> like that. No, I can't play Dead Space. It freaks me out. Uh, what's the new, the first game on PlayStation 4? Like one of them, Evil Rising. Or, the Evil Within? I couldn't finish it. I ran from the chainsaw guy, hid in the locker. And I was fucking pulse pounding and I was like, you know what? Not for me. <laughs> Not for me. Cause it just, it's made to be like, you barely get away when you get away. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like, I can't handle this. My little heart. So that's how I felt watching this scene. Like, I'm just like, no, Bob, go, go. You know, <laughs> he's right there. Uh, which I don't know. I just worked so well for me. I can't, I love the show is not really horror in a normal sense, mm. but when it when it is, it's really fucking good horror normally. Yeah, which is why I shit on the jump scares so much. Like, holy! If they did a straight genre film, the Duffer Brothers, it would be phenomenal. I feel like just terrifying sequences. And did you guys feel similarly? Or I don't. I, I I didn't get. I don't think I got like as much of a horror vibe from it as you did. I mean, I did. Like as far as like. It was, I, I was scared for Bob, but like Steve said before, like I knew that he was toast, but when he had his uh, moment with uh, Joyce, like, don't forget Bob Newby, superhero or whatever. Uh, don't and say so, that, Bob. He might as well have just shown her a picture of her, of his kids and said he's retiring tomorrow. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so that kind of undercut it uh, just a hair, but um I loved like the whole security camera thing that they were doing, you know, um, and and it's been done a thousand times before, but it's just super effective this time. Something about the Demodogs just uh, stalking. Yes. Stalking down the hallways. And I I'm a huge fan of daylight horror, like when they don't have to have it be super dark to where you can't tell what's going on. And they kind of did that this time. Uh, Not not the lights came back on pretty quickly because the lights came back on pretty quickly. And so like all of the footage that we're seeing of the hallways and the angles and stuff. And like those are the worst placement of security cameras ever. It's like here is a picture of the corner. (laughs) We just have a feed going at all times and you can see two feet this way and three feet the other. Um, but I just love like when everything is in full view, uh, in a horror movie and it, it's not, it, it's like the opposite of the jaws effect where, um, jaw, the shark is scary sure. because you don't see it. This is more like a take your time and you see every fucking thing and, um, slow it down a little bit. And then that to me is oftentimes the most effective mm-hmm. horror and one of the most underused ways of doing horror. Cause if it's and truly so, scary, you want to show it because yeah. that horror only works when you care deeply about the character, Sure, which is horror movies are famous for doing less character work. So they don't lay that groundwork <laughs> and you never, you rarely care that much, mm-hmm. you know, um, about the large breasted woman being chased. So, they can't do Speak it that way. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, what'd you think about this little horror sequence? Oh, not? I really liked it. I, I, you, so you were reminded of like a horror video game. I was reminded of, um, and I guess this spoils Easter eggs, but I was reminded of Jurassic Park the whole time. There's that scene where they're, um, Oh, in the kitchen. Mm, oh, not not the kitchen, but when they're like over the radio, like, okay, uh, Dr. Sattler, you're going to see the pipes above your head, follow that, and then you're going to mm-hmm. turn on the generators when you get to the end, and yeah. then she turns on the generators and all the lights start popping up. Oh, and then the raptor comes through the cage. Yeah. I just watched it yesterday. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that movie. But, um, no, I just I just love the idea of uh, Bob Newby stepping up and um, actually getting to the actual breakers and how easy it was for him to get there. Yeah, that wasn't the... I was surprised that was not the the story. You know what I mean? The 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 point because he yeah. very quickly turned everything back on and opened the gates, and then he's able to really quickly with his basic skills uh, turn everything back on for everybody. Those yeah. skills are not basic, bro. Those are advanced <laughs> skills. Advanced basic skills. Hmm. So when he turns the power on, we got uh, <laughs> Dustin outside who was being a little cock. Like, let me press the button, Steve. <laughs> I didn't like it all. Can I let me, Jonathan. Let me try. Son of a bitch. And I get it if there's like some, uh, some skill to it. Like if there's like some ball, you had to roll into a, ho- a tiny hole. You know what I mean? Like, let me try to do what you are unable to do. But this is like, 
the motherfucker knows how to press a button, dude. Like, <laughs> it's not working. And then when it opens, he's like, I, I got, got it. it. Yeah. Hey. That was worth it. That was totally <laughs> worth it. Uh, even funnier for me, I think this is the moment where Paul Reiser uh, goes, okay. Because <laughs> he, he didn't expect Bob to actually do it. Is that when he says that? Oh, it's when uh, Bob turns the sprinkler system on to draw oh, the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was really smart. He's, he's oh, like, okay. Okay. <laughs> and if in the 2015, that would have meant, okay, Dan, Bob. <laughs> Damn. Da-da-da-da-da. Um, so, and then Bob's death. I, I, very profoundly. I mean, we just love Sean Astin. We love Bob the Brain. He was just extremely heroic and self-sacrificing. And we think, for me, I thought it was likely that Bob was going to die, but I kept holding out hope that he wasn't. I saw you start shaking your head when he has like his slow-mo turn yes. to look at Nancy. As soon as they slow-mo <laughs> turned, I went, he's fucking dying. <laughs> Which, that's the only thing I didn't like about that. I think if we had like a Jeremy Saunier just ultra violence out of nowhere i would have yeah. been crushed just like all right let's come on yeah absolutely, absolutely. instead of a slow-mo like bye <laughs> so glad we're like, leaving safely oh god <laughs> and then just brutalizing him with the pedal mouths i swear it's like it fucking like faded to black and white and like his birth and death years just popped yeah. up on screen right there yeah. you know what i mean bob newbie <laughs> i yeah it was interesting to see that he got attacked by the uh demogorgon and it like first it like stabbed him oh with its claws. that was brutal yeah, like dude. held up its hand like punctured ready along. for it audience here it comes <laughs> bob no and then after they stabbed him they bring hopper in and we're like okay maybe hop's gonna shoot it off him exactly. all right that's what i mean is that you kept giving like at first it tackles him and you go no and then you realize it hasn't bitten him yet and he's just holding it off mm-hmm. And then it stabs him, and you're like, that's a survivable wound. It's just a flesh wound. Yeah. And then Hop comes in with the M16, and you're like, okay, here we go. I wish he would fire. Like, he took his time aiming, like, Joyce is mine. (laughs) He's just, like, smiling and nodding. (laughs) You told me not to wait for you. Um, And then, yeah, we get, like, a huge chest bite, and, like, 13 more come in, and you're like... Dude, that was brutal, too. Uh, Like, he's throwing up blood, and it's just... Oh, it was a... For a character, like, especially Sean Astin, because we all love him, they're, they're... they're uh, picking into our like preconceived notions of Bob Newby because sure. of Sean Astin. And we've already, we, we like this character. He's been a hero. He's got this awesome moment. And then they just br- brutally rip mm-hmm. him apart that like, that's probably the most brutal death scene in the entire series. Probably. Right. right? Yeah, for sure. Cause we, we've never really had a major character die and no, I uh, am not Barb. counting Barb. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag justice for Bob. Hashtag yeah. just desserts. <laughs> That's what the Demogorgons were thinking. Um, Dessert. So I had in my notes here, who did Hopper call when they get back to the buyer's home? But just generic military friends. Yeah. The government. His nom buddies. Um, and I have hashtag justice for Bob in my notes. And then they cut to the little <laughs> brain teasers, which I felt like was just rubbing it in. Oh, I didn't like that at all. And Finn Wolfhard's hamming it up. Do you guys know he invented the AV club? And if I was there, I'd have been like. He's a good guy. We get it. You're an asshole. Like, be quiet. I love the AV club thing. You didn't like it? For me, it was like a, uh, if you hadn't gotten it already, which you probably did, but it's like, he is like exactly what they're going to grow up to be. You know what I mean? And so that was like losing Ken to them, like generation removed which which was effective and he went out like he went out like a hero too so they want to avenge their fellow brethren i'm glad it worked for you guys i just didn't feel like we needed that we already loved bob and they had enough reason to miss and want to avenge him without like oh by the way you know bob like invented everything about who we are (laughs) i was gonna say i wish they had established that beforehand yeah, like yes. if some in an earlier episode and for Bob's mike like, to know it who's just the little asshole that's been moping the whole season like by the way i did some digging into bob <laughs> yeah maybe if, they just, maybe if they just had a scene where bob was like oh so you're in the av club when they're just digging yeah. around in the, in the laboratory beforehand he's like oh did you know i started that oh wow cool bob's neat that'd have been great mm-hmm. and then what really just icing on the cake of too muchness was Taught Mr. Clark everything he knows. <laughs> except, oh, really? Except how to get it. Because <laughs> Mr. Clark can get it. <laughs> how effective was it, though, when um, 
uh, Hopper walks in so to thick. Joyce when she's just sitting there. Yeah. And it's one, no it dialogue. A, no dialogue whatsoever. It was perfect. He just sits down. I'm incredibly happy that that scene is included because mm-hmm. like you mentioned, it does a good point of, you know, him showing that he cares and he's there for her, but they don't say anything. That's a very powerful scene. But also personally, one of my biggest pet peeves in a, that a movie could ever do is you establish a love triangle and the dude that isn't the main character that's with the girl is the nicest, sweetest dude in the world. And then he gets brutally murdered. And then protagonist guy is like, swooping in. Yeah. I hate it when movies do that. The biggest offender is, have you ever seen 2012, that pile of shit? Yes. Is that a, was that John, John Cusack? Cusack? Yeah. No, I never yeah. watched it. The, the, the Bob Newby of that movie is like, he can fly a plane and he saves them all the fucking time, the whole movie. And then he gets like grounded up by gears at the end <laughs> and it's fucking horrifying. And then John Cuse is like, well, now that we're alone, <laughs> now that the, now, now that the super sweet dude that was nice to your kids and saved us constantly has got out of the way. <laughs> so yeah, I'm so happy that they included that scene. Cause I was, when it happened, I'm like, hop, don't do it. Hop, don't do it. Don't hop on it. Not yet. Let, let her grieve Bob. You hop your happy ass back outside. I mean, I'm, I'm for this relationship, but give it time. Let it happen naturally. And then we get a scene where Dustin does the thing that we have been waiting on the entire season. Wah, wah, wah. He names the ultimate villain and its henchmen. The henchmen I appreciated, the demo dogs. And we get a funny scene where he explains to Max, who is very well aware of what he has done, it's his wordplay. <laughs> it's, it's a compound. Uh, I love her face. She's like, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, she's like almost freaked out. Like, I really don't like you. Uh, which, by the way, he not only failed in his competition to win Max's heart with Lucas failed miserably like i don't even think she friend- <laughs> he's not even in the friend zone <laughs> it's like do we need dustin he's really fucking creepy he is uh, pouring gas on this dumpster yeah. fire <laughs> the vibe I get from him. uh and i we are on streaming things which we're going to start this on twitter you can help us at home uh hashtag team thessal hydra i'm going to tweet at the stranger <laughs> things writers immediately i think the mind flare is fucking weak <laughs> and Nancy echoed my sentiments completely. She goes, mind flamer. <laughs> That's how I feel about it too. But yeah, so. my heart broke a little bit there during that scene, but I was like, well, at least Dustin named him. Yeah. You know what? That, that was, that was redeemable. And um, it's a D and D thing. Yeah. And I love that we had the other characters to witness their D and D-ness. Who's never had adults around while they do this little thing now. And so Hopper's like, that's a fucking game. This is serious. Uh, it's a manual. He's like, uh, it's a manual. It's not just for kids. And adults play it. And this is the best metaphor we have right now. And then. Analogy. <laughs> oh, that's what you're going to focus on. I love that they that had time great. to have that little argument. That was mm-hmm. wonderful. Because then they get, they get the other characters kind of in on it where like Nancy's holding the book she's like okay so right. if we kill it we kill the monsters this and Hopper's like stuff. what do we do do we throw fire f- fireballs at it and then Dustin's like nah you get an army of the undead and they it's, don't they don't have, it's a game because <laughs> <laughs> he just realizes it's halfway through we don't have any of these things yeah. <laughs> and the look on Hopper's face Hopper's uh, like almost more mad that he got sucked into he's like son of a bitch I fell for it was, you really sucked me in there we had an actual plan it was very what Andy would call two ear. I felt like it was uh, the planned version from season one, but yeah. much two ear. Um, <laughs> so then they decide uh, fast forward a little bit to uh, keep Will in the dark slash basically literally in the shed, and they take out everything that he could recognize out of the shed in a nice little montage from Hop with a growing pile of garbage, and uh, take cardboard up all over the walls, mm-hmm. and they even cardboard up the chair because he <laughs> yeah. might recognize it. Hey, is that's the chair we keep in our shed. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that my chair? I used to sit on it all the time. We well, recognize their phone ring, so... I don't yeah. know how much I bought that, but that's okay. Uh, then we get a quick Steve and Nancy scene where she has like a... It's freshly fucked guilt is yeah. the way I... Freshly <laughs> fucked guilt. It's the way I feel. Hey! Hey! Hey, Steve! Sweet Pat! Oh, I really like what you did with the kids. And he can just smell it on her. And he's like, thanks. Staple, staple. Oh, see, I wrote that down as like, Steve's pretending like he doesn't care. He's trying to get that girl back. Oh, maybe so. He's trying to pull his own. Uh, well, he did say Nancy was different after all that, though. That's Those true. Don't work on her. That's true. He's probably trying to hide his uh, fury in a very adult way. Like all things considered, what's going on right now? 
small potatoes, but mm-hmm. later we're going to talk. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, which I felt like was just a little insert, like we have to address this Nancy and Steve mm-hmm. thing, but we've got a lot more things to do. Um, Dustin loves going through garbage with Lucas. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. I was scribbling notes. I probably missed it. This kind of thing that happens. What were they doing that for? I'm not entirely Why sure. Why were they in the garbage Actually, can? that's a good question. I'm not sure either. Were they just finding random knickknacks they could staple up on the wall? I just feel like Dustin or Lucas are like, I'm hungry. <laughs> Is you know Darden them, here? You know them broke-ass buys motherfuckers ain't got nothing in the kitchen. <laughs> Or something. I don't. That's not how they talk. Um, I did see there was pop tarts in the garbage. Okay. <laughs> Mike's still a dick to Max, which I feel like at this point is just getting old for me. But I know that he's going to cheer up real soon. So I'm glad that's almost over. I mean, I totally understand what they're doing with where he's at. There's no replacement for Eleven. You have a vagina, I think, and therefore <laughs> you're trying to replace Eleven, and I'm not allowing it. Is how he's approaching her, I feel like. That scene mm-hmm. ended before I thought it was going to. I thought it was going to be like a final, like, all right, asshole, you've been a dick sure. this entire time. She just takes you it, know? you know? Yeah. No, I get it. Like, I get it. Yeah. Elle was probably really cool. Yeah, she was great. I know, like, super cool, I bet. You know? Yeah, she was. <laughs> That's all I was. Still you know Bob Newby died? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the cardboard chair is my next note. That was hilarious. Um Steve's still limbering up. I don't know if you saw this scene where yeah. Hopper and somebody's sitting in the hallway and then off in the corner of the shot, you can see Steve in the living room just swinging the bat. <laughs> I, I love uh, when movies do this where they have like long tracking shots with multiple characters, but there's no wasted um, screen. Yeah. Like there's always a character either walking by or in the background doing something. And yeah, Steve's taking a crack at the bat by himself. Just in case. And Lucas and Max are talking about Judgment Day. And that's where we get that mention. Uh, Noah Schnapp, when he snaps out of it and wakes up from the ammonia. <laughs> um, his performance when he goes like full exorcist mm. is incredible. Mm-hmm. I just cannot stand how good of an actor that go, little boy let is. Let me go. It's all Everyone up. in that scene was on their A game. I feel like that too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I agreed. Uh, so we see Joyce talks to Will and tries to snap him out of it by uh, talking about some very deep memories that she has buying him these 120 count crayon box when he was eight. Uh, his brother Jonathan jumps in for a couple shared memories and then Castle Byers. That's how we um, find out Castle Byers is built. Yeah. And then Finn Wolfhard ruins it with some shitty acting <laughs> and his story. And then we get back to the real stuff. And then Hopper notices that Will can speak Morse code. Uh, which did we ever find that out before? No, but it's not outside the much realm of, of possibility stretch, yeah. that all of the boys would be able to speak Morse code. Very yeah, true. All the AV club boys. AV club. There's even that scene where they come back in and Steve's like, what is that? And they're like, Morse code. Fire. Yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows except Steve. They're, they paint Steve off to be pretty stupid, but he's the athletic type. I think uh, he's there to explain some of the nerdier concepts to the audience. Yeah. Wait, what's happening? Wait, guys, what is this? <laughs> Steve is like towelly. <laughs> what's he tapping? I think it's the turn to Funkertown. <laughs> um, here, town. <laughs> so he says here and then closet, which I didn't understand. Closet. <laughs> Close gate, which I assume means the giant, the goo gate from season one, right? That's mm-hmm. what he's talking about. That's grown. Right on. Um, and then it, or he, I guess, if because Steve was correct, finds them via the phone ring. So the Will is able to recognize his generic telephone ring, which is only saved by the fact that the characters acknowledge that. Nancy realizes something that I didn't even pick up on. I was like, why is she so mad it's ringing? Yeah. I hate people calling. <laughs> you know, and then it's like, oh, they're not going to recognize us from that generic phone ring. And I was like, oh, shit. That means it totally is. And then Will goes all rim sleep to indicate that the shadow monster, I refuse to call it the mind flare, has found their position and is sending the demo dogs, which I don't understand what the whole point of them even realizing it was. First of all, they ran there super quick and Hopper and them went there by car. Mm. The demo dogs got there very quickly, like in the time it took to untie Will. And then they all just weapon up instead of getting into the vehicle. Yeah, I thought that they were going to like fuck off. Like, all right, that's the only part of it. Yeah, Yeah. there was no fortifications in the house or anything like that. Um, Steve, instead of swinging that bat and stapling up a cardboard, why don't you fortify the house a little bit? Damn. 
<laughs> God, I should have been in charge of this crew. But that, we got that awesome moment, though. Do you wonder if maybe there wasn't a, like, it, it knew exactly where they were, and it was just like, demo dog for every household that has a phone. Look for them, because there's only the one dog. Right? No, I felt like uh, Eleven killed the one, and the rest ran. Oh, okay. But... It could have been, yeah, just one little minion toward, but there's a lot of houses with phones. There's only like 14 of them. (laughs) There's 120 houses. Get to work. You go to Steve's, you go to Lucas's. I also felt like it was a pretty (laughs) shitty plan. Like, as long as Will doesn't know where he is, it won't know where to look for us. Well, having no other options or information, don't you think it'll check Will's house pretty soon? (laughs) Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Where could they be? Have you checked all the homes of the people in wherever they're at? (laughs) No, they wouldn't be there. That's ridiculous. I don't know. It's just... These these lesser life forms disappoint me again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they're Will's house. But they're in the shed, so kind of threw me for a loop there. Thwarted again. Is that a a cardboard on a a chair? (laughs) (laughs) The fuck is that about? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I think it might. This might be the right place, but I don't recognize that. Shit. <laughs> this can't be Will Shed. This, this Will Shed doesn't have a cardboard chair. It's funnier to to picture Matthew Modine showing up. Why is there cardboard on this chair? It's amazing that you had the time to do that. <laughs> the wonderful shot that we got. Uh, them all grabbing their weapons, and he he tosses a gun. He he looks at Jonathan, and we all know he can't shoot. Where the fuck? Even the deer knows that. Poor guy. So he, she's like, I. I got it, <laughs> which is a, some wonderful fan service. That was such a badass moment, too. Yeah. Nancy. Steve's got his bat. Mm-hmm. Lucas had his slingshot. More fan service <laughs> callbacks. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. And then perhaps my favorite moment of all time. Um, and I called it. I screamed. I couldn't help it. And we were all quiet, by the way, when Bob died. Did you notice that? Oh. It was just like you could hear a pin drop. Mm-hmm. We could tell we were all feeling it. But when the there's like snarling out front, I'm just like, Eleven's out there fucking him up. You know, I'm so <laughs> stoked. And when she walks in, it made the whole makeover of Chapter 7 completely worth it. Because I, for one, feel like if she had stalked back in and her overalls and afro, it would have been less um, of a thing than her just sauntering in looking like fucking Marky Mark sense funky bunch. <laughs> I loved it. I loved every bit of it. That remind that I thought of like that's Elle's uh, Terminator shot because she looks so cool with that big jacket. And, yeah, like, with the shoulder in. pads a little yeah. bigger. Uh, the the eyeliner and so and Mike hasn't known where she is. He thought she was dead and now she comes. She looks all ethereal and made over. He's just like. Where the fuck have you been? <laughs> you know? Well, that's awesome. She's like, Chicago. Chi Town. <laughs> Two hours north. <laughs> have you ever had sushi? You know, she's just been living it up. <laughs> have you know latte? I'm so interested to hear their next conversation because she's got the vocab now. Yeah, Andy accent just blew up when the episode ended in anger, <laughs> even though we have it at our thumb tips. I don't know why I didn't say fingertips, but I realized <laughs> I pressed the button with my thumb and it confused me. Because they end it like, doesn't she kind of start to open her mouth like she's about to say something and it's like, end. No, I just. Or is it more of a, it's uh, like, but Mike you do starts see, to smile. It's like, oh, thank God. Emo Mike's over. Yeah. Finally. But no, it was just, uh, just cutting back and forth between them. And like, it, I always look at, um the people in the background in those scenes I can't help it because like I know I'm supposed to be watching Mike like coming from behind everybody like is that her but I'm looking at like Steve who's just sort of blank face looking forward like you ought to be looking like you recognize her too you know well I felt like he's like uh I know this person I know this person what's her name what's her name what's her name uh is this Morse code I'm gonna say 12 (laughs) No, we, they, I think they 12? did. A, they did a good job. <laughs> Twelve. They panned over everyone's faces, and like mm-hmm. Nancy had this open-mouthed shock, and you know Hopper. Obviously, it's a huge reveal for him too. He yeah, drops the gun. He looked and awesome. I think they did a pretty good job. I didn't catch Steve looking dumb in the background, oh, I think they but did a good job. but the smile with Mike was yeah, so good. That was good. It was. I was crying. I couldn't stop smiling. I fucking loved it. I, I kind of want to. I think I will. I'm going to rewatch that moment before we start see uh, chapter nine. Um. Yeah, let's move on. Andy, do we have another segment to, to move right into? Yeah. Something related to childhood confections? This is where we do our chocolate pudding. 
pick our favorite scene segment moment sequence of any of of the episode not any episode yeah. this episode specifically I like Seventh Heaven season Some, two episode four sometimes Steve and I cheated a little bit and and do a longer sequence just because it works um, Steve what is your number three my number three is Bob Newby superhero uh, very very strong scene Bob. You went out like a hero. We hardly knew you. Uh, you deserve way better than that. Um, and that's what makes it so heartbreaking because he's such a good guy and he goes out in such an awful way. And But it was great. The horror elements were there. Um, and it's just really sad to see Joyce so upset about obviously what's happening. And I'm interested to see where she specifically goes from here. Um, but man, Sean Aston killed it. That scene where he's in the closet and... Yeah, um, he's like psyching himself up, but you can tell he is just terrified out of his mind. Mm. I love that shot, and but yeah, that's why it's my number three. It's he's a like great fear scene. sweating. Yeah, he is so much. <laughs> um, my number three is also Bob Newby superhero, but mine specifically is when uh, he realizes that he's the one that has to do it. Um, when he's like, well, no, you can't just turn the power back on. You also have to, uh, you know, reset the passwords. And do you speak basic? And Hopper like, okay, teach it to me. Like, shall I teach you French while I'm at it? How about some German? Like, uh, it was just a, uh, a little nerd, uh, nerd nod is what I'll call it. Just, uh, yeah. Um, mate, made, uh, made the audience like we, uh, less athletically inclined people, uh, watching this show be like fuck yeah dude you tell him what's up my number three is the cold open um the horror set piece where we have the demogorgons breaking through the glass um i just felt like it, was, it just it was a wonderful little horror short in itself which they've done from time to time in this show you know where we get dr owens like that's trifold alien glass or whatever you know? <laughs> We're fine. That's not what he said. And then they break through that. And, the, you know, we get the whole fleeing science staff. And it's, we've all seen it a million times, but it was just better than ever. I felt like just people getting jumped on and slaughtered left mm-hmm. and right. And Hopper's carrying Will's body. And it's just like, oh, fuck, this is bad. Um, and they lock themselves in this little. I love this moment where Dr. Owens locks the door real quick after Hopper closes it. Like, yeah, you better lock it. You know, Um <laughs> Yeah, just worked so well for me. Uh, I was scared for the characters. It was shot beautifully. The lighting was incredible. Uh, just very impressed by that whole opening. Just jacked it way up and didn't let off off that gas pedal. Steve, you're number two. This might be a controversial one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna lead with saying that this is an amazing episode. Probably in my top three episodes of all time. So there's a bunch of great scenes in this, but my number two is. 11 coming back. Um, I mean, I'm sure you guys will probably, Chris, I'm, I'm sure you're going to mention this scene later on. Um, but <laughs> it's such a neat moment of her finally coming back and the band's back together. The band's back together. We've been waiting all season to see Mike and 11 meet. 11 and everyone else come back together. Uh, her reunion with Hopper. Just, just we don't get to see what they say, but her coming in and stepping back into the fold really amps you up and we almost didn't record this episode. We almost just like, well, keep playing. Yeah. <laughs> Where does it go? Eleven's back in town. Steve, you're dead to me. Steve, you oh, are God. dead to me. <laughs> uh, let's see here. My number two would have to be the naming of the Thessal Hydra. Really? The monster formerly known as the Thessal Hydra. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> nice 80s reference. Um, yeah, just the whole... Um, oh, I get it. The whole meta sequence. The whole the- meta sequence of... Uh, Dustin saying like, well, it's just like the, it's just like the mind player in this. And then they, they're, you know, trying to explain it to everybody in, in nerd terms. And Steve's like, so it's like Nazis. And Dustin's like, <laughs> or, no, he says he's, he's Germans. like Germans. And he's like, and Dustin's like Nazis. And he's like, yeah, Nazis, like, uh, Nazis from another dimension. Yeah. Like <laughs> just, uh, it was just really funny. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, a nice comic aside from the calm before the storm of, uh, shit starting to hit the fan. Chris, what's your number two? Uh, my number two, I cheated. Uh, I originally had written down Bob as the option on my chocolate puddings, which is just him being a hero. Just uh, the character the basic Bob. thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just his his rise, the rise of Bob. And then I added Bob's death, and I couldn't choose between the two, so I've just mixed them. Bob, just Bob. His rise and fall. <laughs> he flew, you flew too close to the sun, Bob. 
Yeah, Bob dying is kind of like if this podcast studio were attacked right now by demo dogs and they took out Steve. It just like he's such a good uh, guy. Leave the, him alone. The least deserving of death in this room by far. <laughs> don't don't put that out into the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like to me. Uh, Bob's such a good guy. And that was so well, well played, Sean Astin. I mean, you're Sean Astin. So I expected nothing less, but the whole toilet plunger demise, uh, everything. And just, I felt such tension for that character. And I love when that actually works on me because I watched, you know, thousands of movies. And mm. it so rarely works these days uh, for, you know, that level of like, oh, shit, shit, shit. You know, because I'm normally like, oh, tracking shot. Who's going to, you know, like, <laughs> it's really hard. Um, it, I lost all of that. I knew no, nothing behind the curtain was in full effect. I was like, Bob, no, <laughs> go, fat boy, run. You know, just like cared so much and it was not fast enough. So that is my number two. Steve, what the fuck is your number one? My number one is your number the, one betrayal. Uh, the, the walk down memory lane with Will scene. I really love that scene. Oh. I love it. I'm disgusted. I love it so much just because we get Winona Ryder just rocking it with her story about. Riding um, it. You missed an opportunity. Riding it. She's, she's riding or dying. Winona riding it. <laughs> Winona Ryder die. She was, uh, you know, telling like a total mom story about the crayons and how she was so proud and bringing me to tears. Mm. I was like, oh my God, that's, that's so sad. And then they would do that super close up of like him like looking and then. Uh, at whoever was talking to him and then when they would change people he would like look at them just mm-hmm. the just the way that uh, Sean Snap was uh, emoting there was brilliant and then um, Jonathan, Jonathan we get to learn about Castle Byers and how we learned that Will drew it first and of course he did and and they built it to his specifications <laughs> um, and you know he couldn't hit a nail worth shit yeah, and I, just that scene was so... Just like his brother. <laughs> and there was no music. They, like, dropped all the sound design mm-hmm. out in that moment and just let the characters and actors, you know, use their voice. And that was the only sound you heard. And um, and then Hopper realizes that, that he's Morse coding. It's just a lot of strong performances, not so much by Wolfhard, but... Uh, from uh, you know Charlie Heaton finally got 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 his teeth sunk in on some material for once yeah. a season. That's what I was thinking too. Uh, Winona Ryder, uh, Winona Ryder crushed it, and I it moved me to tears. and And that was such a powerful moment. I think it speaks to that moment that I put that over Eleven coming back because Eleven and coming back is such a strong moment, and that speaks to just how great of an episode this is. I had uh, Joyce's speech as an option, and the mm-hmm. planning session is what I called Andy's number two. So they both just barely missed my top three. I'm pretending to disagree. Andy, <laughs> you're number one. Steve, you're dead to me. Oh, God. If a demodog were to walk in, I'd be like, eat him first. <laughs> because number one is obviously the return of Eleven. Like, we've been wanting this so bad for so long, and we finally fucking got it. And <laughs> I, I started crying, too. I'm sitting there watching this like, oh, thank you, Christ. I wish it could have happened sooner. Um we didn't get it until the end of the penultimate episode, so we're only going to get one fucking episode of the gang being back together. It's the boys be being so back good. in town. Yeah, it is. But They're it all going to invade Hawkins' lab. But I feel like they knew what they were doing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, this whole time, I'm like, why the fuck is this taking so long? And what the fuck's Eleven doing in Chicago? Mm-hmm. And God damn it. And then she came through that door, and I was like, thank you, Christ. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Duffers. Thank you, Chris. You reminded me of uh, Jason Mewes. I think it's Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, or is it Dogma? Where he finally freaks out about a bunch of oh, supernatural yeah. stuff. What the and fuck, what the fuck is she doing here? And it's just so funny. <laughs> what, what the fuck, fuck happened to that guy's head? <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Anyway, uh, yeah, my number one is obviously Eleven's Return. I cannot remember being that happy. I think the last moment I was that happy was when my son was born. And Aww. And I think it was better than that even. <laughs> Significantly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my son being born is a distant second to the return of 11. So you're going to be telling your son about this episode. And it's like, that was the happiest day of my life. <laughs> yeah. What about when I was born? <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> nope. Robot chicken You're sketch. below Modine's return, son. No. Oh, thank uh, you, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I've already talked about it earlier. I just, it made me overjoyed. This is perfect writing. Uh, I, too, disagreed that it was taking so long. And then now that it's done, I am so glad 
that they waited until chapter eight. It just made it that much more sweet. Some delayed gratification, kids. That's what life's all about. So with that said, let's move on to our final segment. Steve, what is that? Easter Eggos. What? That's when we watch the show and look out for Easter eggs, which we call Easter Eggos because we're clever. And those are any sort of cultural references that uh, refer to things outside of Stranger Things that might have influenced the creators in making the show. All right, let's start off with some low-hanging egos, as we call them. Just rattle them off, boys. There was a poster of a lady in Billy's room. <laughs> do, do we not, know that lady? I, I do not know who that was. I just, I bet it is one. <laughs> I love when we were watching that in that shot where it's the close-up of the poster and pulls out and you're just like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 80s lady. 80s lady. Uh, also in his room, uh, Metallica Kill 'em All poster. As yep. he was listening to that album. As he was listening to that album, there was he also had a Motley Crue album in there. Uh, I, that, that was all I caught in his room. Were there any others? There was a poster, another poster in there behind his door, I but I couldn't see, see what it was. I saw that uh, Susan just got done shopping at Sears. Yeah, nice. she had a super old Sears bag. That was awesome. <laughs> old Susan. Uh, there was a Stand By Me moment, again, on the train tracks, of mm-hmm. course. They're always hanging out there uh, with the flashlights. It's always awesome. Uh, Bob Newby typing up on an 80s computer. <laughs> Sometimes I go really shallow with these. I don't care. <laughs> uh, and then obviously, uh, Will finally went full exorcist. And that's where it was, it oh, was that very, one. very weak tie in until this episode where it was like, oh, that is absolutely what they're doing. They even mm-hmm. did like the, dual, the crucifix. He was just yeah. ah, nah, nah. <laughs> the dual layer, <laughs> dual layer voice. <laughs> yeah. When he starts screaming, let me go, let, let me go. go. When he started screaming at the beginning of the episode, when he started like, he's lying, he's lying. I was like, fuck, this is awesome. Like, so good. I was like recoiling a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. and, and one of the best moments that, uh, Finn Wolfhard has had in this, when he like has like a child moment, like he puts his hands over his ears, like this is fucked up. Like, yeah. 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 Noah Schnapp will win the Emmy that Shannon Purser was mistakenly nominated for, for sure. Rightfully so. Uh, Steve, I'm sure you've got some. I'm saving uh, one one I made up. The the songs, you mentioned kind of briefly Four Horsemen by Metallica. And then obviously we had a callback to Should I Stay or Should I Go by The Clash. Mm-hmm. I learned to play the Four Horsemen on guitar as a wee child, by the way. Did you? So that was very cool for me. Nice. Anyway, that's how it goes. Uh, Steve, you jokingly said that uh, when it zoomed up on the camera screens, the security camera footage, I was like, that's an ego. What is it? And you said the Matrix, which was a joke uh, referring to, uh, I believe, the the, the second installment in the architect's room. Um, But later you were reminded of Jurassic Park, which is way more accurate and likely as an influence. (laughs) Fuck you, Steve. I was like, uh, it reminds me of the Matrix when Morpheus guides Neo uh, through the office room when uh, uh, Agent Smith is showing up. You see that run across the hall now. Uh, a lot nicer than Morpheus was on the phone, uh, Paul Reiser. <laughs> Whenever you got time, buddy, just uh, head on, take it slow. <laughs> Morpheus would have been a lot more, like, just click, hung up on him. There's three demo dogs in the other room. That one bit was a little awkward. It's like, look to your left. Do you see what's to your left? That's a door. You know what's behind that door? A closet. I need, I need, to, I need to, to go in into that closet. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I made it real awkward. Why would I get into that closet? Now, now I'm going to need you to take your pants off real slowly. <laughs> I don't see how this is helping. <laughs> well, yeah. if it helps Joyce. <laughs> right. Um, uh, Steve, take us home with your extra egos. Oh, uh, well, you know, we I kind of mentioned before about the Jurassic Park where he's resetting the breakers, but even him sitting at a computer and turning on all the security features, that's also a later scene in Jurassic Park where yep. Lex, is that the girl's name in Jurassic Park? The young girl? Oh, where, she, where she's like, I'm a, I'm not a computer nerd, I'm a hacker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where she's, she turns on the locks in the room. And then her uh, brother Tim is like freaking the fuck out in the back. I love that shot where he's like, <gasps> he's like yeah. doing this weird <laughs> overacting. But uh, but yeah, that's a callback to her turning on all the security features. That would have been Park. awesome if Bob Newby was like, hold on to your butts. Oh my God, that would have made the scene. <laughs> Except it would have been a total Bob Newby. He's like, hold on to your keisters. Yeah. <laughs> Easy peasy. <laughs> and then uh, Joyce mentions uh, Star Wars toys when she's talking about how she oh, bought yeah. Will the box of crayons, but all her friends bought Star Wars toys. Because they have more money. Yep. Did, did anyone mention the Judgment Day line? 
That's we Lucas didn't. Says. I didn't cross yeah. it out and totally forgot about uh, it. Yeah, Lucas straight up says to Max, like, uh, Max asks, like, well, what happens if the Demogorgons get loose? Or I don't remember what you actually asked him, but he says, it's Judgment a, Day. It's a Bible ego. <laughs> Bible ego. Now, like Chris has pointed out, uh, that all season uh, Terminator 2 references abound. Which hopefully we get in the finale, that Terminator craving I've been trying to scratch. Eleven's <laughs> going to have to go away, and she's going to be like, I'll be back. <laughs> she, they send her into Vista, lava baby. on a chain. <laughs> there it is. Oh, uh, That brings us to a close on Chapter 8, The Mind Flayer. Again, I cannot stress this enough. If you have made it this far and you have enjoyed us, you have laughed and cried along with us and you enjoy hearing our deep dives into this show, please take the time to rate and review our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever it is that you found us. Tweet it out. Share it. Instagram it. Snappy chat it. Put a little filter on our faces. Do what you got to do. Vine it. Get us out there. (laughs) R.I.P. Vine. Uh, we really need your help, and we love having you listen to us. Please email streamingthingspod at gmail.com with what you'd like to hear us dive into next. Don't say swimming pool. That would be a smart-ass move. And farewell, Bob Newby. Farewell, beloved listeners. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this has been Streaming Things. Streaming Things.